Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys world headquarters at the star. Well, what is up Cowboys nation? Welcome to girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're coming live to you from the beautiful star in Frisco in the SWBC podcast studio. I'm your host, Justin Vars for the day, joined, of course, by our Monday lineup, Christy Scales over here, and then Aisha Morrison right here, the lady in green today. Stop. <laughs> um, ladies, a bit of a somber mood in the star today. Um, it, it's a very interesting mood, definitely not what you thought this last regular season uh, week would feel like going into playoffs not not what you thought the mood would be of course we know the Cowboys falling short to the commanders 26 to 6 but interestingly enough these this Dallas Cowboys team despite this feeling is still heading to the playoffs that number five seed in the NFC we'll talk about seeding uh here in just a little while but let's get right to it Christy you were there at the game you had to witness that in person. How are you feeling today after all of that, yeah, first of all? That, that was therapist. Oh, that yeah, was, please. It was the ugh and ugly, that's for Oof. sure. And uh, I was disappointed for so many of the Cowboys fans that, that uh, were there. But uh, the thing that is concerned to me is it, not just the fact that they lost and played so poorly. It's that there were two areas that I think that you really wanted to see value. They were evaluating Mm -hmm. heading into the playoffs. And that was uh, offensive line because they need some consistency on that. There've been a lot of moving parts with the injuries and especially with Tyler Biotish being out. But the other thing is they wanted to get a look at some young cornerbacks and see if they can get, uh, you know, a better handle on what they have moving forward. And so when Deron Bland gets injured and misses most, to the second half, and then uh, the young guys who came in to get some reps, uh, Trayvon Mullen and uh, Tyler Coyle. You know, I, I'm not sure, especially Mullen, you know, how comfortable you feel moving forward with that. So th- so that's what concerns me is the, the areas that I was really looking at. I think there are just as many questions coming out of that game as going into it. Sure. Okay. Aisha, how are you feeling on this Monday after that uh very brutal game by the Dallas Cowboys. How are you feeling today? Uh, I just, I guess we we talked about before, just disappointed in a sense because I was also looking at those two particular things, but I was just disappointed in the fact of how like not prepared they looked, and I just just the effort, the energy, everything just seemed so off, and I don't know if I've seen them that discombobulated this season, so. Um, and to add to your point, with the secondary, I know Dan Quinn in his uh, press conference this past week spoke about the fact that he felt like he had f- they had found something in that rotation with Wright, Bland, and obviously Trayvon being the guys. So I kind of was expecting to see a little more of that. Um, so that's why I was 
a little disappointed that that wasn't kind of the route that they were going because mm-hmm. I felt like there was Nashawn Wright really looked like he was starting to get comfortable in that role and I don't know if that was just to get those other guys some looks but yeah that yeah. was disappointed and, as and, well. and it, it was him Nashawn Wright uh sharing time at left outside corner with Mullen was was a plan so the fact that Nashawn and I've got the number of uh, snaps here the fact that he didn't let's see it ended with Mullen taking uh, 35 of 66 snaps so 53 percent of the snaps and Wright only played 33 percent of the snaps mm-hmm. just 22 of them but that was the plan it's not a reflection it's, it's it's not it's not that Nashawn was doing poorly and they replaced mm-hmm. him sure they needed to see Mullen because they think they know what they have in Wright sure I oh, think okay. that's a good way to yeah. look at Okay, no, no that, that's, that. that's exactly it. And the other thing is, and we'll get more into it with defense, but a young guy named Tyler Coyle, who's yeah. a safety. And, yeah, so they <laughs> elevated him from the practice squad, and they need to see if he can be the backup mm. uh, slot cornerback to Deron Bland. Sure. And so he got a lot of work. And, and again, they were using this game to see, you know, what, what do we have if we yeah. need to have him play in the playoffs? Tracking that. I think for me, it's that classic saying, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Yeah. Uh, Aisha and I were talking about this right before we started re- recording. And it's one of those things that you saw momentum building up for this team. Um, you know, these last four weeks have been a difficult trend for them with especially those three games in 12 days. Gave them the benefit of the doubt for that. Knew that they needed rest after that. They got that rest to come back and play like this. For me, it's a very similar feeling to that Denver game. Very deflating feeling. And I'm still trying to be as positive as I can and and hold on to the things that we know we've seen them do. We've seen them uh, communicate well. We've seen them mentally focus on things. But to me, this was a showing of all of the sloppy things this team has done over the course of the season that they corrected, make its return all at once, all in one game, and that's the outcome you get when they don't play as a team. They don't play complimentary football. Oh, oh they definitely played complimentary football, but the all three ways. phases were bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were all bad. And it was, it was just so disappointing to watch. And, you know, it was against this Washington team, which, you know, no doubt they get their kudos for this game. Um, but it also should have been a game that... You get the lead early in the first half, you pull your starters the second half, you feel good about it, and you leave that game feeling confident. What worries me about this kind of game is you have now eight days to prepare for Tampa Bay, which we will get into. We have all week to get into that, but that is not a game that you want to feel any kind of self-doubt or lack of confidence going into because Tom Brady... Oh, Tom Brady, you cannot stay away from the Cowboys, and I'm so tired of it. But um, it it worries me as far as the confidence level, and it worries me, you know, as much as people say, oh, yeah, you know, burn the tape, and and we we saw it, we learned from it. Okay, but now it's a matter of you're saying it, but are you going to do it? And there's no more time to waste. It's a now-or-never situation. You're officially in the playoffs, and so that's what worries me going forward. Yeah, and to add to what you're saying about their confidence and stuff, I mean, you listen to some of the player interviews after the game, and a lot of those guys guys seemed confused. They seemed like they were su- surprised was the word that I mm-hmm. think I heard from some of the players is that they weren't expecting for things to go that way. And, again, it's just – I don't know about y'all, but if you really watch this team intently, and I know you do, obviously, I know you do, like I knew from the first snap. Yeah. Me personally. I knew from the first snap you could feel the energy. And typically they've shown their ability that even sometimes when they start slow, they're able to figure it out. 
when they couldn't even figure it out after not being able to figure it out, I was like, oh, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Sure. Let's go home. Let's because sometimes your guys just ain't got it, and it just felt like yesterday it was it. And it was a mixture of a lot of things. It was like typically if some one guy doesn't have it, another guy can pick up there. You could you didn't even have that. Yeah. I mean, that's what we say mean, about all three phases absolutely. being bad. One yep. didn't didn't help pick up. I, although I thought in the, the first half the defense the defense, the up, defense yeah, kept absolutely. them in the game. They, absolutely. they were only down uh, one score mm-hmm. in the third quarter. And when they came out at the start of the third quarter, the Cowboys were on defense. And Chauncey Golston, who played a lot in the game because yep. Quentin Bohanna, the uh, notes tackle, was uh, inactive. Uh, he and Carlos Watkins combined for a tackle for loss on third down, and they yep. force a three and out. The Cowboys are going to get the ball uh, in good field position to start the third quarter, one score down, and then the offense comes out and does a three and out. Another one. Ten out of, out of three a, and outs. Yeah, the, 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 first, the first of four game. three and outs just in the third yep. quarter. Yep. So, yeah, and, and it's like, oh, man, that was so – because the previous drive for the offense was late in the second quarter where it sure. was the only scoring drive of the game for the Cowboys offense. Yep. It was a long drive. It was a good drive. It was. And ended with a Dak to CD touchdown pass of 15 yards. But And then, and then Maher misses the Oh, my goodness. Point. Stab to my heart. Special teams. Stab special to teams. my heart, Christy. Not, how you say it? It was not uh, special. Special teams were not so special yesterday. <laughs> and I am sorry. It, it hurts so bad. But yeah. we'll get into that. Um, I do want to go down. The rundown for the NFC playoff seating. This pains me to say, but the Philadelphia Eagles beat the no help Giants and took the number one seed <laughs> of the NFC and won the NFC East. Ew, that pains me bitter. so much to say. I'm so bitter. Don't get me started. Uh, the 49ers taking the number two seed uh, after shockingly beating the Cardinals. Uh, the Vikings took the number three seed, winning the NFC North Championship. The Bucks took the number four seed, winning the NFC South Championship. Of course, your Dallas Cowboys took the fifth seed. And let's see, the Giants... No help. Uh, they took the number six seed, and the Seahawks took the number seven seed after the world won because the Packers lost to the Lions, the Lions. twenty to sixteen on Sunday night. What a good game that it was, was, everybody! Man. It was an entertaining game, and the Lions that was fun are to watch. yeah. It's Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, Dan Campbell. I don't know a whole <laughs> bunch about him from you oh, know. He's great because I Love wasn't. Dan Campbell. I don't, were we were we alive he, yet? I don't know. Uh, oh my! Oh, oh man! Now that's a shot to I'm the heart oh, right there. I'm talking about when everyone's he, taking shots over everyone here. Has has nice things to say about him yes, and I truly he's don't great guy. have anything yeah. but yes that game was bomb it was so good and shout out to the Seahawks social media team I don't know if y'all were following their tweets hilarious they had some <laughs> Lion King references uh, it was so entertaining if you didn't get to go see that all of this meaning that your Dallas Cowboys take on the Bucks a week from today for some Monday Night Football. That rematch at Raymond James Stadium at 7.15 p.m. Central Time. So mark your calendars, everybody. Uh, we're going to go ahead and close up this segment. Coming up, we're talking all about the lack of offensive performance, looking at the areas of major improvement they need to make heading into the postseason. This is Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. And we'll be right back. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys.
All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're talking not-so-special teams this week and Cowboys offense. But first, it is playoff week, and the boys need you, Cowboys Nation. Yes, you loyal Cowboys Nation fans. Uh, Show your team pride and support this postseason with the best gear in the league. Head to the nearest pro shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com, a fanatics experience, and let's get rowdy. All right, everyone. Trying to stay stay positive as much as we can today. All right. Special teams here. Yikes. The start of the downfall. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll start there because there was just so many different things that went wrong for this Cowboys team early on, like you said, Aisha. But I think what put the nail in the coffin just early on was Brian Anger dropping the ball and Brian Inger doing his little scramble. Of course, we know that led to a fumble, a Washington recovery that led to their first touchdown by McLaren, who had himself a day. And then, as if that wasn't bad enough, um, Kevontae Turpin had another muffed punt. Washington recovered this one as well, ended in a chance for Washington to get a field goal attempt. But kicker Joey Sile, Sile, Sly, 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 Sly. Sly mm-hmm. ended up missing that field goal, so he helped us out there a little bit. Um, interestingly enough, though, Christy, I was watching this game and just seeing Joey Sly missing the field goals like he did. Brett Money Maher missing a field goal attempt. I mean, there was just so many things going wrong with special teams in general. When I see games like that, I usually think in my head that has to be something weather-related. How was the weather out there, and was it impacting a lot of those plays that you were seeing? Yeah, in fact, the wind was very impactful. Uh, the, the grass turf actually held up very well. Uh, so I think footing was less of an issue, but you saw it uh, with the, the kicks being pushed. Um, so uh, not just Sly, but you mentioned Maher missing the uh, extra, extra point. point. Now on that, I think it was a combination and – probably more 70 30 uh the snap was a little low mm. and so uh brian anger was able to get the ball spotted he's the holder and he was able to get the ball spotted but i think it did affect the kick and then the wind also got hold of it and pushed it wide left um but you could even see on the one where Cavante turpin where he muffed the punt and instead of catching the ball with his hands it actually kind of went off mm-hmm. the side of his helmet and face mask and down uh the wind was really gusting and so when it was that particular direction, 
and Tress Way, the uh, Washington punter, had the wind behind him. He got that ball really high in the air, and it carried very, very far. So you saw Cavante have to take a couple of extra steps back, and I think the wind just affected that ball just enough that instead of catching it with his hands, it was kind of high and bounced off. Um, and then um, – even with some of the uh, passes and, and the like, uh, the couple times where Dak went deep uh, on consecutive plays, uh, good throws overall, but that was with the wind behind him. But when uh, one thing more with Brian Anger, and I did not spot this on the sideline yesterday, but my friend James Smith, who is the Cowboys photographer, he uh, sent me two photos. One was Brian Anger's first punt in which he dropped the ball, dropped the snap, uh, he was not wearing gloves. Mm-hmm. He had a bare left hand. On the the rest of the snaps, he uh, was wearing a left glove to help. It was cold. It was Stabilize really chilly. It. It's yeah. 42 so, when yeah, I, when yeah, I yeah, But it felt colder with the, with the wind, with the wind and as, as the game went on. So uh, he switched to gloves, uh, but he didn't have them on for that first one when the ball went through his hands. Yeah, um, I mean, you guys talked about most of the stuff, but as far as the – Starting field position was rough, too, and that's something that mm, we've been talking about for uh, the last couple of weeks. I know I've been beating on the table about it. Number one, sometimes it's because Turpin is good and get returns. They're getting called back due to penalty, but then sometimes the decision-making is yesterday, I felt like, put them in even tough spots, and that's partially because, you know, you're trying to make something happen. You're trying to get your confidence back. You're trying to get back into it, but the starting field position, when the Cowboys start um, – close or deep to their own end zone I'm tight y'all like I'm stressed because yeah. it, that's why we're have that's where the Cowboys are having these pick sixes that's where and granted like the field gets smaller the closer you get to any type of end zone so the it's just that situation right there really puts them in a tough spot and it, it seems like they've had trouble getting out of that spot mm-hmm. so yeah I'm really looking at what the starting field position is going to be moving forward and how much better it is just to help this offense because when they are behind the chains in that in that way it seems like the the counter to that is difficult for them to find and it, it always ends badly it feels like at this point oh for I, sure yeah. I feel like it's almost like a rubber band analogy where you have a rubber band and you're pulling and you're pulling that's the Cowboys trying to build momentum trying to be confident trying not to panic in that sense during this game and trying to get everything together to where you pull so hard it just snaps mm. and yeah. that is almost what we saw that is not even almost that's what we saw from this Cowboys team of they were trying and trying and trying and trying to the point where it just it wasn't working and yeah. and it it was De- defeating, deflating more than anything. Yeah, else. they couldn't dig themselves out of the their own holes. But yeah. but to um, to your point of the bad field position, this is the first half. Cowboys own ten yard line, own twenty five, own twenty one, own twenty, own twenty five. They did get the ball at their own forty seven. That was after Joey Sly missed the fifty two yard field goal. So that's why they had good field position there. And then their last possession of the first half, the one where they drove at 77 yards, started at their own 23. Mm. So, and, and yep. compared to Washington, this is Washington <laughs> on the Cowboys Jeez. 20, on their own 38, on the Cowboys 15, on their own 33, one when they were pushed back to their own 18, their own 17, and then uh, the final one a touchback. There's, so. nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do about that. Brett Anger had 10 punts for 478 yards yesterday. And he was you, tired. And you could yeah. tell towards the he end of the working. game. Yeah, I tweeted, like, he, they get fatigued, too. And yeah. 10, 
10 punts? Yeah, well, one thing he was having to do when he was kicking into the wind, uh, you saw some where it was more of a spiral and a little more of a line drive. Mm -hmm. If he got that ball too high, it was going to blow back. So so some of those ones that looked more like a line drive and were a little lower were on purpose to try and spiral that ball a little forward the the air but but with the 10 punts should have been 11 it went ended in a fumble when it went through his hands but 15 possessions guys 15 possessions is a ton in the nfl not 10 is about normal right and the reason why it was 15 is because you had three both teams had all these three and outs in the second half and we're having to punt so much well let's let's shift gears a little bit now to the offense because That field position wasn't helping the offense, like you said, staying behind the sticks throughout most of the game. So let's go down some stats from this Washington and Dallas matchup. 182 yards total, 118 of which were passing, 62 of which were rushing. Oof, that is painful to say. Averaging 2.8 yards per play. During this time, they had 10 first downs. They were 4-18 of third down conversions, 1-3 of in fourth down efficiency. Of course, we know one interception that led to a pick six um time of possession dallas had the ball for 23 minutes and 48 seconds washington had it for 36 minutes and 12 seconds again all things that we have talked about on this podcast that when these things go right for the cowboys typically they're going to win the game when they go wrong this is exactly what you see so obviously we know a very sloppy game from the cowboys offense but you could contribute this to a lot of things Play calling, lack of, you know, run game, O-line stability, miscues, miscommunications, third down conversion, staying behind the sticks. There's so many things you can sit there and, and say. But at the end of the day, guys, what is the solution to fix all of this in the next eight days? Christy, how, well, how do you even start? Yeah, that's the thing. Reestablishing the run game is so imperative. But it's interesting because uh, post-game, Zeke said the same thing that he said uh the previous week against Tennessee. Now, the Cowboys won that game, but it was hard to run, and and Tennessee has a really stout front, uh, just like Washington does. But he was commenting about the movement along the defensive line, Mm. and that made it difficult for the Cowboys. So all of us are, you know, the little antenna stood up as we're saying, oh, that's the same thing as he said last week. And so uh, Mike McCarthy was asked that question today. Hey, mm-hmm. Zeke said this. What, yeah. you, what about it? And, and I'm going to look at my notes as to what Mike said. He s- said that other than, yes, there's movement along the line. That's very common. But he says that the bigger challenge more than line movement is the multiplicity of fronts in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You basically think of a four-man front or a 3-4, a three-man front where you have like a outside linebacker uh, lining up as an edge rusher. But he said you're seeing a lot more of these five- and six-man looks. And so the thing is the, the recognition, right? So um, communication, recognition, all those types of things. And so um, you get into these five- and six-man fronts, and then they start moving, and it just adds to the layer uh, layers of difficulty there. So th- if you want to think about it from a cowboy perspective of when we do cool stuff and have Micah move around or we'll have Leighton come up, yeah, so think of it from that standpoint. Hmm. All the NFL teams do it. So what we, what the Cowboys have been doing to the other teams is happening to the Cowboys now, and they aren't um, reacting as well as they should. Yeah, another thing he said was uh, the decision on Tyler Smith is imperative, is what yeah. he said. Uh, um, Smith or 
Biotish. Biotish, coming, Biotish yeah. coming back. Yeah. Biotish. Tyler mm-hmm. Biotish is imperative. And um, obviously said that he had a good workout today and stuff. And, baby, let me tell you, yeah, you, you miss your center. And not only just because for the reasons you're talking about, because he's the guy who does the checks. He's the one that does a lot of the communication. People consider him the uh, quarterback of of the offensive line. And you miss your, your quarterback. And I'm, I'm assuming also, too, it's – you do have some new guys in there. Tyron's in there. The communication be him, between him and Zach Martin has been iffy at times. And there's the continuity, I guess you talk about, with the offensive line is kind of like non-existent right now. And when yeah. you're on the road and stuff like that and you need the communication to be good, I, I really feel like ty- the lack, the loss of Tyler was huge yesterday mm-hmm. in particular, and they couldn't overcome it. So um, for me, moving forward, that is, I think, if the offensive line can at least get to a place to where maybe even back to the same unit they were last week, at least you at least you know then that they're, they're, that guys are kind of in their right spot at the sure. time because of all the shifting that's had to happen. And you would hope that the communication and stuff would be better from there because they're not getting anything from yeah. the run game right now. And it just puts so much pressure on your passing game, it puts so much pressure on your quarterback, and it's just been tough sled in the last couple weeks. Well, you make my transition very easy here. Dak Prescott clearly not finding a groove during this game, to say at the very least. A very bad game from Dak. Let's call it what it was. His probably, arguably, his worst game that we've seen from Dak. I mean, one pick six, um, but there were multiple times where, again, turnovers could have been an issue. Um, and, And not only that, it, it's the way that pick six happened, because let's go over how that all went down. It was the Cowboys' fourth drive, and going back to my notes, because it was like you could see this coming from a mile away, and you did. It happened, but sorry, guys. Okay, so uh, it's second and six. You see pressure on Dak Prescott, throws the ball away, almost intercepted by Fuller when he's throwing the ball away. And then the very next play, that's when the pick six happened again by guess who? Fuller, who was right there reading Dak all along, uh, taking it down into the end zone. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Dak, again, we will we will credit Dak when, when credit is due, but we will also say the honest truth of this was an awful game for Dak. He had the lowest completion rating uh, or lowest completion percentage, rather, of his career at 37.8%. He was 14 of 29 um, and just, okay, sorry, excuse me, going back because I was, I wanted to go back to the comparable to what was Dak's worst game of the season, right? It was week one against the Bucks, and that does not make you feel any better. Back then he had, he was 29 of 14 with a 48.3 completion uh, percentage, so better than what you saw yesterday, uh, at at least. But during that game, um, again, he had 143 yards. During this game, he had 128, and he was 37 of 14. It is just very difficult to even – it's not all Dak's fault. We know this. There's there's O-line issues. There's miscues. You even go back to the receivers. There was no separation. There was dropped balls everywhere. And the ball placement, of course – is that on Dak? Is that on miscues of not making the routes and running your routes? The decision-making, all the situational decision-making, it's just so it's so disheartening to see this team play like this. And, you know, Dak Prescott, 
he's always been that leader that goes out there and he he amps you back up. But what worries me about him again is I go back to that confidence issue that we just talked about that a game like this can do. Christy, something that you you had wanted to talk about today was keeping Jason Peters out there for so long during this game. Yeah. Why the heck was Dak out there for so long during this game as well? Everybody. Well, yeah, I, I think it's a thing where, first of all, they weren't out of it, okay? I mean, it was through the end of the third. It was a yeah. one-score game yeah. in the second half. And by the way, the Eagles had not put away the Giants. Yeah, if you remember, yeah, the Giants came back, leaf. and it was a six-point yeah, game leaf. late. No but, help but, but Giants. Really, yeah, the no-help Giants. Can't but, stand them right but, now. But really, it was a or thing ever. where I, I think that the coaching staff wanted to go out kind of on a more positive note sure. and not on all these three and outs. But the point that your 40-year-old left tackle is playing 67 <sighs> of 67 snaps – uh, and, and by the way, Tyron Smith at, at right tackle, and he's been a war horse since he came back and taken as many snaps as possible. You only got him uh, on the sideline for three snaps. So Josh Ball came in for that last series uh, at the end of the game, just the three snaps. And then they uh, took Zach Martin out. He was replaced by Dakota Shepley for two offensive series, so he only missed like six snaps. But um, But that's what was disheartening to me was that you weren't, efficient enough to have a decent drive where the coaching staff could say okay we're done you know we're we're gonna end on a little bit of a high note at least a good scoring drive or you know a first down Mm. uh and um uh, couldn't manage that so but i i like what you said jess about the receivers not getting separation they Kudos to Washington. They they are very aggressive style of defense under coordinator Jack Del Rio, a former Cowboy. Um, but those DBs took it to the wide receivers. Well, I mean, they, yeah. they, they, there were the catches were contested, yep. and the and the receivers did not help Dak. And then there were some times where they were open and Dak missed them. But um, yeah, I was really just and there have just been too many games this season where Michael Gallup is a non-factor. Yep. So, and even T.Y. Hilton, you know, with a drop. drop. And when, when he dropped it, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be this game. I knew it was gone. But yeah. when, I, when I seen Zach Martin getting pushed around, I said, oh. you know what? They need to go to the house oh. right now. They yes. need to go take a nap right yeah. now. Because it was a mixture of, like we talked about, it was everything. But I do want to say, and I hope that I'm okay to say this, but I just feel like, when we talk about even the receivers and the separation and stuff, like, I could be tripping. It could just be me. There was no motion. There was no, like, wh- what was – I don't understand. that. What they were doing was not conducive to what the the commanders do well. So, I mean, you played them before earlier in the year and, and saw you can't run the ball that way and that way. In that particular way, just sure. running straight at them, it's not – that hasn't worked before. And – I mean, and then when you go back, look, back and look at the tape, a lot of the route concepts are things we've been talking about before. No spacing. Guys right next to each other. Well, I don't – this is just me. I think nobody helped anybody on that side of the yeah, ball. Okay. I've, Interestingly enough, though, I'm sorry. let's, no, let's no, get I'm, into that because I went back and I looked at some of the stats from the last time the Cowboys played Washington. And the run game specifically because the run game was – basically non-existent uh, during this game. So let's talk about that because Tony Pollard for this game had seven carries for um, 19 yards. He averaged 2.7 yards per carry. Keep in mind, during week four, the last time Cowboys played Washington, he had eight carries for six yards. And 
it was it was Tony Pollard's worst game up until that point. So Washington kind of had Tony Pollard's number since week four, and then you saw it again. Um, Malik Davis had more carries, or excuse me, more yardage than Zeke. He had five carries for 19 yards, and then Zeke had eight carries for 10 yards. Again, Christy, I'm so glad you brought up the run game. It was not established, and we've seen what happens um, when that's not established. But, ladies, we still have yet to get into the defense, and I just checked the time. (laughs) So let's go ahead and talk about defense after this next break. We're talking about how this defense still pulled off a historic regular season, but why this game could be so worrisome for them. We're talking about it on the other side of this break. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and we'll be right back. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. With Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar, you no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups, so you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're getting into the defense, but let's talk about the ACMs because this is how we country. Country music's biggest party of the year is coming to the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. The Academy of Country Music Awards are always bringing you country music's brightest stars together under one roof, and no one does country like Texas. Witness history on May 11th and get your tickets at SeatGeek.com. You going? Oh. You I know, know you like I country music. You going, ain't you? You know what? I would love nothing more than to be there. I have my boots ready to go. Oh, God. I love. You some like country, country music? music? Uh, yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> <laughs> no. Uh, I'm I'm a little more old school. What you like? What do you mean? Well, you know, like uh, Judds, Barbara Mandrell, oh, yeah. people like That's that. Fine. You know, which to you guys is ancient. No, no, no. Look, I'm but a Garth I mean, I like Carrie, I like Carrie Underwood. And I'm, I'm a like big that. Garth Brooks fan. Okay. I love Garth Brooks, George Strait, Alan Jackson, all the, like the the classics, right? But um, <laughs> I I can appreciate some new country too. But um, 
yeah, my first concert was actually a George Strait concert, to yeah. which Taylor Swift was the opener. Wow, that's you fantastic. That? He puts on a great show. Oh, so and, good. And it's a very famous part of Texas Stadium lore when he sold out the full week, you know, back in oh. the early 1990s. So there that's you go. A, yeah, I've got some great stories, but I can't tell See, those on air. I was just Uh-oh. trying to make conversation. Woo. I don't yeah. know nothing about no country music. Y'all saying people's I'm names, it's not like folks. rocket scientists. <gasps> it's okay. It's okay. We're it's working right. on the Taylor Swift fan base for Asia. You're gonna have to feel me. And then wrong. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Christian on this Swifty train as well. All right, <laughs> uh, moving on now because we're talking defense. Who uh, gave Washington 309 total yards, 158 of which was passing for Sam Howell, 151 rushing yards. Uh, Sam Howell having his NFL debut against the Cowboys, looking not. Too bad. Uh, Within that time, some key players I wanted to mention, Malik Hooker having himself an interception, the third of his season, matching his career high from his rookie year back in 27, uh, excuse me, 2017 in Indy. Uh, Osa Digizua had seven combined tackles, two tackles for loss, one sack, his fourth sack of the season. Sam Williams had two combined tackles, both were tackles for loss, by the way, one sack, and that was his fourth of the regular season. Micah Parsons. Two combined tackles credited with half a sack, so with 13.5 sacks for the season. That is a new career high for Micah Parsons since last season he had 13. All right, <laughs> this is um, a little light, a little bit better to talk about uh, in some ways because the defense put up a fight. They were fighting all the way until the end, and you know I, I think something that always worries me about games like this, and it. It did worry me, um, especially on the defensive side, was injuries. So, Christy, there was a few guys uh, that we saw go down, go into the medical tent, one of which was Deron Bland. Mike McCarthy giving an update on Deron Bland today. What was that update? Yeah, that looks like he'll be able to practice this week. So uh, he, once again, same as last week, starting outside in place of uh, Anthony Brown at left cornerback and then moving inside to play in the nickel. Uh, in the slot, in nickel and dime situations, and that's when uh, Nashawn Wright took over at left corner, and then uh, Trayvon Mullen rotated in with Nashawn Wright. And then, the, as I mentioned earlier, Tyler Coyle, the safety, who uh, Mike McCarthy, I asked him about him today, said he's got some cornerback traits, and they thought that uh, they – the reason they elevated him from the practice squad this weekend was they wanted to see if he could get some work in the slot and match up there. And it was interesting because with the when the inactives were announced and it becomes official 90 minutes before kickoff, um, Quentin Bohanna was a surprise to me, it not playing defensive me. tackle. Remember, early in December, he had missed a game with mm. a knee injury, and That's he's right. been limited in practice the first few weeks of December, so sure. they just wanted to make sure he was going to be okay with that knee, so that gave Chauncey Golston and Carlos Watkins more time. But they wanted to see Tyler Coyle, and so, but we didn't want to see that much of Tyler Coyle mm. in the second half mm. because of Bland's injury. The other main thing was uh, J. Ron Curse. Luckily, he was okay. Um, he came to the Blue Medical tent for a cognitive evaluation past that surprisingly did go back into the game for he was allowed to go back in because he passed the cognitive test but I was a little surprised that they put him in at that point in the fourth quarter but he did do another defensive series yeah he's Jaron Curse, I feel like that has been like every game he's had something. He's been nicked yeah. Up. This one he fell back in his the back of his head yeah, hit the uh, turf, and so they just wanted to uh, go ahead and take every precaution and give him uh, check him out in the blue medical tent. Well, with Tyler Coyle, I wonder if that has anything to do with what you mentioned earlier about last week about McKenzie 
you know, them not yeah, being so, sure. So, so Mackenzie Alexander was the guy, and his, he did a lot of work in the slot as a cornerback, nickel corner in Minnesota. But what happened was he um, hurt his, uh, was it hamstring? Uh, I think it was hammy. Or, yeah, a, a soft tissue injury. It was hammy, and so uh, he wasn't available to be elevated last week, mm-hmm. and he's still not available uh, because of the injury. So that's why uh, they had to experiment with Mullen and Coyle. Sure. Well, I will and, say, oh, I, sorry, sorry, real quick, uh, just a side note since we're on the topic of injuries, is during um, his press conference earlier, Mike McCarthy said things are looking up for both Leighton Van Der Esch and Jonathan Hake- Hankins. And that's going to be huge. Which yeah. literally is. and figure. Oh, yeah. They're Hankins. big guys. Yeah, but Hank, guys. Hankins with the run defense yep. and then Leighton, who's had such a great year. Yep. And so important with the communication as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and you've seen, I think, if anything, the absence of Leighton Van Der Esch will give Cowboys fans the appreciation they have always needed to have for Leighton Van Der Esch, and especially point. the growth that he's had over this these past two seasons. I'll give him that. But... Um, let's talk run defense real quick because we have five minutes left. This podcast goes by so fast when I'm talking football with y'all. But run defense, Aisha, there was somebody that I know you wanted to get into, um, Ch- Chauncey, having oh, himself yeah. a game. He had a Chauncey. 90.3 rating per PFF I was during waiting. this game. I was waiting. There you go. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned that they that Bohanna wasn't available to go. It surprised me as well. But immediately I was like, oh, Chauncey. <laughs> Chauncey and I went to college in Iowa so I'm familiar with the Hawkeyes and stuff so Chauncey might be somebody I just pay attention to a little bit more but um, he was so <laughs> stout and active and I just I see that at DT he put on some size in the offseason his size is a big deal but his speed to those inside guys is too much and he's able to get off the ball and make tackles he was so active yesterday and so although I was not happy to see Bohanna not playing I thought this was a good opportunity for the coaching staff also to see what he is now capable of at the DT position the young guys Osa Sam those guys I felt like this game was good for them to build that confidence especially in what they did in the run game and as far as the secondary if you eliminate we've been saying it for weeks you eliminate that one big play a game this defense to me looks a lot differently than what you you um what we've been seeing so we'll see how it goes with the secondary sure and that run defense that's been a topic of conversation pretty much all season at this point how do you both feel about the run defense and and we're talking in eight days you have a potential Leighton Van Der Esch who's likely to return Jonathan Hankins likely to return at this point I'll be surprised if they don't um but something to keep in mind when thinking about this What we've seen from the Cowboys are these ramp-up phases where once somebody comes out of injury, they don't necessarily jump right back in full speed, full force. They kind of grow their way to it. You're in a bit of a different pickle now because it is playoff time. (laughs) You don't have time for that necessarily like you would a regular season game. How do you think that's going to be managed? And do you think that run defense is going to be strong enough going into postseason when you're facing a Tampa Bay team? Against Tampa, yes, because their strength is passing. (laughs) Their wide receiver core. I'm worried about the second. I'm worried about the cornerbacks, not the run defense for this first round of the playoffs. But to your point of for a full playoff run, yes, the the run defense. Uh, But, yes, having Hankins back and Van Der Esch and Bohanna as well. So it will be 
um, you know, have our big bodies back uh, sure. up the middle. So, so that's going to to help a lot. But um, the other thing about with the practice schedule, I think it's not just that there'll be an extra day of preparation this week because the game is on Monday night. It's that I think we're going to have real practices this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the last three weeks. They haven't they, had the opportunity. It, it, it's really been to. like jog throughs. Yeah. They they and they they haven't had a padded practice and and that's not unusual because you only get fourteen padded practices in a eighteen week regular season and you're scaling back anyway in December because of fatigue and you want to keep your guys fresh and stuff. But just to have a real practice yep. where you can really work on. Now you're not hitting each other. You're not tackling. If someone goes to the ground, that's by accident. You, everyone stay on their feet. No, you're never going to see people go to the ground um, for tackles in a regular season practice, but just to be able to work on your run fits sure. and your combination blocking and things like that. Hadn't had that for nearly a month. You can and tell. S- yeah, you can tell. And <laughs> hey, you no, can really. tell. And, and so I, I think that's really, really important. This that's a, that is such a good point, Aisha. I'm going to go back to you for this. The pass rush under scrutiny these past few weeks with the lack of sacks and pressure, really, that this defense was doing for the start of the season. Is it still as effective as it used to be? Or can it still get to that level? What do you think is going to help that pass rush, especially when we're talking about a Tom Brady who can – Get that ball out of his hand quicker than people blink. I mean, you're talking about Tom Brady this week. Can this pass rush make an impact on Monday night? Well, with getting with a week him, from today, not with, tonight. With him getting the ball out quickly, <laughs> hopefully your linebacker play is, is better because they're using a lot of intermediate stuff to just get rid of the ball fast. And the Cowboys linebackers are having some having some trouble with that. So hopefully that's kind of uh, mediate some of the short pass intermediate stuff. But I also feel like when you get Hankins back, when you get some of those guys that have that size back, they can take on double teams. They can take on more guys. And this is just me. I feel like since those gentlemen have been at, gone out, the stunt game has been um, minimized just because of that size in the middle and the attraction, the, um, how many guys that attracts and the DNs be able to kind of be free in that regard. I'm really hoping that when Hankins and those guys comes back, not only does it put you in more favorable positions to be able to rush the passer, but also to hopefully having that size opens up some of the pass rushing ability because you have guys doing things right now that they're not typically accustomed to. I don't consider also Diggy Zua like a, a super stout, like I'm going to stop the run guy, but he's doing it because he has to right now. You have a lot of guys feeling and doing things they have to do right now. Hopefully you get Leighton Hankins back and that kind of restores some order and guys aren't playing out of position or doing things that they're not used to typically doing. I love that. Great point. Good point. Very good stuff. All right. Obviously this game, hard to give flowers to somebody in this game specifically. So we're going to change it up this week. We're going to say our regular season flowers because the regular season officially over for everybody. That is crazy. That went by very fast. Wow. Uh, oh, now that's very fast. This, this is, yeah. A regular like a season. Year? Just for the regular season, somebody who might have surprised you, somebody who exceeded expectations, mm. somebody who continued to impress, maybe when you didn't think they would. Okay. Who are you giving your regular season flowers to? You need some time. Uh, no, on offense, I'm going to go with Tyler Smith. All right. Both That's a good one. Yeah, because... That's a really good one. I mean, to step in at left tackle with a week, you know, the 
after doing all of training camp and preseason at left guard and and sure he what, would he end up with like eight holding penalties or something like that but oh, but overall no really um I'm, I'm gonna say Tyler Smith he's been stout yeah. and he's gonna be a fabulous player he's gonna be so much better mm-hmm. and like, even mm-hmm. just with Jason Peters in there to help him Oh my goodness! Yeah. I can't imagine how much yeah. that how but, much but, that's going to excel him. I'm also basing that on what the coaches and teammates say about yeah. him, how studious he is, and uh, but he's just know, a nice guy. He's a great he's guy. He's such a nice great and guy. polite guy. Mm-hmm. Aisha, who gets your regular season flowers? The training staff. There, that's there excellent. you go. That's the, a good one. I don't really know how else to like just to even be in a position to where you're getting guys back um, that we we were worried about to go into this uh, this this run. They've done so much this season. It's been crazy with injuries. Dak Prescott, Tyron, all like mm-hmm. this could have went so sideways if they weren't able to get guys healthy and ready in the right time. So, again, for the second season, I think I said this for them last year. I was like, this, they're the real MVP. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. The training staff, Britt Brown, those those folks, real MVP. Our Claire ready. that we had on the Claire, yes. And Jim, well, Jim, Jim Maurer <laughs> yeah. and Greg and Hanson. Everybody. And they, do, they do a wonderful yeah, fantastic job. Fantastic job. All right. Think of a player. Because I. I'm that just, don't count. I'm, it counts, but the, but I think we can oh, all give agree. Us, give your, we can give all yours. agree well, yes. that, that they all get our flowers. Absolutely. Mine is Brent Money Maher because I was such a, a hater. I was such a hater <laughs> How, when this you happened. You cannot be a hater when on it, Brett Maher. When it first happened, Christy, you have to remember. Everybody was. I hating. was so terrified. At what we were gonna see, they was hitting uh, people. I mean, no, Brett was not. Okay, but but, no, no, but, no. but to, to your point, that was my number one concern going into training camp: is who's, who's gonna kick who's the ball? Ki- yeah. Do you, Do you guys remember who the kicker? What the two kickers were? I remember. Uh, Rookie Jonathan Garibay yeah. from Texas Tech, and then Liram Harulahu. Oh yeah. And yeah, neither yeah. one of them made it halfway through camp. They brought Brett Maher in, and once they signed Maher and saw the first couple days of him kicking, I'm like, we're see. Good. But you have to remember. The old version of Brett Maher is what was in my head when this happened. But I will happily eat crow to say, good for you, Brett Maher. You've officially transformed into a brand new man, a brand new player. And I'm just so happy that he's had the season that he has, the success that he's had this season. Um, He he deserves it. Good for Brett Maher. Yeah, that's a great choice. I got mine. All right, let's see. It's Deron Bland. Yeah. Anything, yeah. But because Bland. if you, because if you don't, I mean, he showed us. He showed us from the minute he came on the field in preseason. I'll never forget being like, "Who is this guy?" Everybody was like, "Who is this guy?" Um, he's trended up all season. I think his story is inspiring. Just yep. being a fifth round draft pick and to become a starter, take advantage of his opportunity. And I don't know what we would be without him right now. Yeah, so. the, the the fact that I'm panicked. The will Bland be available to go against Tom Brady Ooh. in the Bucks? You that know? was yeah. <laughs> he's become a he's yeah. become a player, and this for this to be his first year. Yeah, yeah great choice. Um, Just can't wait imagine. To can't wait to see how much he grows and his <sighs> mind grows and how how much Gives better he chills. gets because he has the instincts. Already, so yeah, he certainly Deron. exceeded expectations. That's, that's a great choice. I love that, ladies. Always such a fun time, even despite a Cowboys loss. Mm-hmm. Still love being here to talk football with y'all. Cannot believe how fast this regular season flew by. But the good news is, we're officially in the postseason, ladies. Um, and we had a lot of good conversations today. So, with all of that, thank you all so so much for joining us. For Jess Navarro's Christy Scales, Aisha Morrison, this has been Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Go have yourself a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!